so uh, actually, I don't think we should talk about Apple Card because this isn't coming out for a week and a half. I don't know. I mean, it's still been. Haven't you seen any of the review videos of the Apple Card? No. No, I haven't. I don't care enough. It's it's a credit card. I feel like you're a person who would like credit cards. I don't know. Very quickly, I look. Don't get me wrong. The thought of airline points for spending stuff that for spending money I have to spend anyway is so appealing. Exactly. But also, I don't want to. I don't know, the mental thing that comes with credit cards. Like, I feel like I couldn't use a credit card for day-to-day purchases. It would just have to be, like, all auto payments, like bills and stuff. <laughs> you just got to get more bills. bills. So it's just like, oh, yeah, that's the solution. See, spending more money, <laughs> that's the solution. That's how they get, you know. Um, no, I don't know. So all the hype about Apple Card, like, everyone's saying they love it, but then also there's all the, like, brouhaha because it's, like, discolors or whatever if you put it in a leather wallet or jeans or yeah, something but, like that i don't really who, know who does that? like it's a credit card people like why does why does anyone I think care? the thing is more like, I, don't understand. I mean every it's not like denim doesn't discolor everything right everything you put in your jeans if, if you had your airpods in your jeans pocket they will now be blue or whatever color of jeans you happen to wear it's not surprising that jeans colors off i think the the interest or the the thing that caused the the, the tension was that Apple is the only company in the world that has cleaning instructions for their credit card. I don't know. Have you looked at all the other credit card companies? But also, like, if you have this credit card, why are you carrying it That's places for really starters? Know. Because it doesn't make sense. You would want to use mm. the, the Apple Pay thing. I guess this is America. See, everything, like, I think about how stupid this situation is, I have to remind myself we're talking about America here. So, yeah, you do need to carry the card, <laughs> which is dumb. Um, so, I guess it kind of matters, but also, like... People talking about the card is so nice. I want to use the card and I don't want to use the Apple Pay. But isn't the whole thing of the card that you get 2% back? Sorry, isn't the whole thing of Apple Pay you get 2% back instead of the card 1%? So like, why would you even want to use the card? Like, it's just, it's frustrating. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like this Apple Card thing. I mean, realistically, Apple most, most people uh, in North America have multiple cards, right? I mean, most people would have... Uh, Different cards for different situations or different mm-hmm. use cases. That's another stupid thing. Like, oh, you have no, your Amazon card and your Whole Foods it's, card it's, and your it's Woolworths card. It's a card. life hack. It's how you, how you become a millionaire with <laughs> these 10 credit cards. But at some, po- at some point, it's not worth the mental burden. So I've thought about this with like an Amex card, right? Like... So if I got an Amex card, do I really want to be that person who then every time I walk into a new shop or somewhere else to buy lunch, I go, hey, do you take Amex? Amex. And then my next question is, is there a surcharge for that Amex? I don't want to be that. Like, it's like, is the minimal points that I would get or like in the case of a credit card cashback? But that's that's very different from saying you have you have two Visa cards, one you use for groceries and the other one you use for everything else. I mean, there's never that you go to a grocery store and say, do you take... But two, ten, where (laughs) does number number stop? Yeah, I mean, wherever you want. I mean, you can, like, for example, um, what Mal and me do is we have one card kind of for everyday purchases like groceries and one for very specific categories where that we don't need as often. Like, I don't know. I uh, don't even remember what it is. I think re- re- one of us has recurring payments. The other one has groceries or something like that. Mm. And for us, that number stopped there. But, I mean... Then maybe, like, next year before... We are flying more internationally. We might get one car that has more benefits if you fly internationally or better insurances for flights and stuff like that. So it's like, for me, it's... It's, it's a life hack, Zach. Yeah. It's just, yeah. to me, it's just not a big deal. Yeah. Like, payments here happen with credit cards. And then, I mean, it's also Apple Card. I mean, it's relatively easy to, to get it. 
uh, it doesn't cost anything. A lot of cards have like a monthly or yearly fee, right? It doesn't cost anything. So if, if you think you want to have $3 back for almost no effort because the application happens in the app, why not do that? I mean, it's it's not like you have to use it. It's not like there's any kind of yeah, yeah. inactive fees. Sure, but then, like, but like again, it's just a credit card. If if you know all the stuff you're saying about having multiple credit cards, credit cards are basically a commodity over there. Why are people so attached? Why do they care if it discolors? Like, oh, it's so pretty. It's just a freaking credit card. You got to spend. But money. I don't think people actually care about that it discolors. I mean, there there are probably some people who do. But overall, I, I think mean, you and I would definitely care. I think if we would have a white credit card and then it would get miscolored, wouldn't that bother you? No. 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 <sighs> I also wouldn't use that card, like the physical card, That's because true. I, I mean, I don't live in the US. But um, <laughs> it's just, I think the only reason this got any attention is that it will, that Apple has a cleaning guide. I, I think if the card would just get blue if it's in jeans, like yeah, everything yeah. else in the world that is in jeans. And the thing is that the cleaning Like how guide, much attention does do the airports get yeah. to get blue? Like yeah. almost nothing. The problem That's is a that way more relevant product. The problem is that the card. cleaning guide also doesn't help you clean it if it gets miscolored from jeans or leather. It just says it could get miscolored from jeans and leather. It doesn't say this is what you Which should do to fix co- it. So it doesn't really help. It's a funny, I mean, a funny thing to pick. To, to talk about because people would put their cards either in a wallet which usually is leather or yeah or but jeans, i feel like this is more denim. like a more like a disclaimer then like just so you know we told you about this but i think that is the only reason this gets any attention at all is that it's kind of funny that there is a cleaning guide for yeah. something as irrelevant as a credit card and the second one that the two materials they point out are the ones that are most likely to be in touch and that's kind of the, uh, a lot of people at the moment that want to uh be negative about apple say apple is so uh disconnected from and everything is just about how it looks and not how it works and look even that credit card that's in a leather wallet inside of your denim jeans can be in t- in contact with jeans or leather i think that's more it i don't think it's because people actually care about whether their their silly ca- card is discoloring because who cares I don't know. People seem pretty in love with this card. It's just a, don't get attached to your credit cards. It's just like don't get attached to your banks. Like banks can be cool, but I mean it's the cheapest Apple product you can buy. We always look for cheap Apple products, right? Now we got the zero dollar one. <laughs> yeah, it's free. I mean, free if, if with you're not using interest. It. <laughs> Haha. Mm. Mm. Mm, yeah. I mean, you know what doesn't discolor? The <laughs> card in my Apple wallet. You know what else doesn't discolor? The card in my real wallet. I'm, I'm actually surprised out. that um, uh, we haven't had any yeah. stories of someone. You know how when your when your card is expired or getting invalidated, you should cut it in half. Yeah, I was I'm surprised about we that. didn't have any stories of people destroying their fancy <laughs> scissors when they're trying to cut their titanium. Apple should sell or... scissors so that you can <laughs> cut this easily. <laughs> yeah. Does the Apple Card have a card number on it, like on the back? No. So what do you do if you want to pay for something online with it? And you can't uh, use Apple Pay. The card, the number is generated in the wallet app, and it can autofill from there. Oh, uh, cool! But I guess that means you always have to buy on your own personal. Yeah, device. or you look on your device and type it in from there. Ah, uh, okay. And so is it dynamic? Yeah. Like, does it change? Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So okay. that part, that part is. Didn't different. realize that part. I mean, that's the interface is nice. The the way it works is kind of nice, apart from it not being NFC enabled. But I guess you can use Apple Pay. Um. So I don't mind. I, if 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 it would be available in Canada with the same, I would buy it almost exclusively for um, 
Apple purchases because I don't have any other card that would give me 3% mm-hmm. back on Apple purchases. Sure, yeah. I mean, 3% is not a small amount, especially if you're buying yeah, Apple. Yeah. I, like, I'd probably use it for the same thing, but I don't think this is a day-to-day no. card. And I mean, if, if someone... I mean, it's also, apparently, Apple is more likely to... to um, um, give you the card, like the the application criteria are lower than than most other cards. Um, so if it's the only credit card you can get, then it might also be a good card. And that right? could also help you. You're gonna like this, Zach. Um, if you get the Apple card, that could. If you're able to get an Apple card, that can help you getting a positive credit card uh, credit score, and then you can use that credit score to apply for other cards that are more useful for you. Because I mean. Mm. You probably uh-huh. also know a lot of people who recently uh, moved to the US, and it's quite tricky if you're mm. trying to start your life there as an alien, um, <laughs> which they <laughs> lovingly call people. Um, you mean people who are not from the Americas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even Canadians. Mm. I think they're like resident aliens or something. It's it's a bit weird. I don't know why they're doing that, uh, but whatever. Uh- all right, that's my that's my rant about Apple Card over. Um, hopefully, it's still relevant in a week and a half when we release this. Maybe not. But overall, uh, yeah, come all right. to Canada. In Canada, all banks have newcomer packs, so they basically just don't check your credit rating because you wouldn't have anyone. Have you a make credit... this sound like a scam that people should. No, could it's be like utilized. if you're new to the country, you know, Canada. In Canada, there's actually a system for people because you know people move countries and stuff, and they have a system. To allow people to move here and get a credit card. Mm. It's pretty smart. Or just get a debit card and survive. I mean, you could life. do that too. Yeah, you could. It's just, you know, you're not really one of the people then. Mm, mm. Yeah. You've got to be defined by your credit score. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. Some kind of movie like In Time, but instead of time, you were ranked on your credit score. <laughs> That's what they do in China. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, social number, social status thingy, yeah. Bob. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. We'll shun you to the outskirts of town if you don't pay back your credit score, <laughs> or your credit card. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. All right. All right. Yeah, that was um, fun. <laughs> All right. Zach doesn't understand credit cards. Part three thousand and one. No, this is something like I, I'd really gotten around to. Like as a, I think we said this in that very early episode that we didn't really see the. We we thought it was quite negative to have a credit card, and that's sort of what we've been told. Uh, like yeah. when living in Europe and Australia, it's just not a common thing. Like it's not a, it's not a great thing to have a credit card. It, it's um, common, but you don't, it's not as you're not as dependent no. on it as you would be in the states. Yeah, but therefore you get a lot of benefits from having them. Mm. Mm. I mean, sure. you definitely yeah. would get around without a credit card, yeah. Yeah. but it makes a lot of things more convenient. Mm. Anyways, um, we have prepared some topics here. Since we have no idea what's going on in the news in one and a half weeks, we don't really know what's happening. Maybe there are more rumors from um, for the September event, but we're not going to follow up on that because we're pre-recording this. Mm. And we're going to talk about iOS developer things, which we do sometimes. Um, but yeah, so we're releasing this the week that you are in DevWorld, at DevWorld, Zach. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if anyone mm-hmm. is in Melbourne... I want to say hi to Zach. I encourage you guys to do it. And he might have stickers. He might have stickers. Oh, yes. I do have some leftover stickers from WWDC. Yeah. Don't call them uh, leftover stickers. No, they're not leftovers. They, they are, are No, they were deliberately put aside exactly. for future reference. Yeah. 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 If anything, they're well-aged. <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> mm. Just like the coffee stain on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, so whatever. go past Zach and also watch his talk. It's going to be great. So watch that. <laughs> don't, don't commit to anything you can't promise. Well, I know Zach. <laughs> I think his talk will be great. All right. Hmm. 
Thanks, Marlon. Mm. Well, thank you. Mm. I'm not so sure, but thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, don't make think- me sound like a fool here, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it'll be easier than ever to watch everyone's talk this year because DevWorld is single stream. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, makes it easier. Yeah. Hmm. So that's that's pretty cool. Hmm. It's like two and a half days of talks instead of two. Hmm. Um, and they've been able to do it all in a single stream, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I actually yeah, like, like that. that. I always feel bad. Yeah. I have to decide which one not I to know. go to. I think last year they put um, Pat Murray up against, well, not I'm just up against, but like <laughs> on at the same time as Charlie, who was one of the other students who was attending. And, and I really survived? wanted to see both of the talks. And that was, um, I don't remember. They're both, they're both alive, okay, but Pat went thing. to the US. So maybe, yeah. maybe Pat was the real loser yeah. here. Um, <laughs> no. Um, so yeah. That was kind of a really tough... Because it's like, I wanted to see both the talks. Mm. And then I just had to watch Charlie's online later, which mm. wasn't the same. Mm. But anyway. Um, so yeah, single stream. It's pretty cool. Mm. Um, looking forward to that and mm. seeing everyone's talk. Cool. Cool. Do you know when you're talking? Um, assuming it doesn't change, I believe it's just after lunch on the Tuesday. I think I think it was like 1.55 maybe. Okay. I could be wrong there. but So it'd be the second day mm. um, in the afternoon. So That's good. pretty good time. Mm. Um, we'll probably put it in show notes yeah. if we remember. <laughs> yeah, sure. So nice mm. of you. Cool. Mm. Mm. Cool. Um, All right. Yeah, so we have some quote-unquote timeless top- topics here that we want to talk about. Um, we recorded this a year ago. <laughs> no, um, now, do you want to talk a little bit about accessibility? Because I had a short story to tell okay. about accessibility and something or some things that got me thinking about accessibility. Sure. Um, so, bear with me here because it's one of Zach's stories that eventually I get to a point, but <laughs> while, I'm, while I'm telling the story, you're probably like, eh, where's this clown going? <laughs> now, um, a couple months ago at Coca Heads, I kind of had a moment where I was like, a couple of things sort of happened that made me like go, okay, like, you know, you sometimes things can be difficult to understand fully until you relate to them. And unfortunately, that's just part of being human. But I think sometimes accessibility can be like that. So um, we had a couple months ago at Coca Heads, we had a panel and like a panel discussion. And one of the key focuses was on accessibility. And it was really good and like really eye opening to um, sort of just talk about the importance of accessibility and why it matters. And, you know, sometimes... Um, Sometimes accessibility in, in apps and in software and, and anything really can be um, sort of brushed aside or, or deemed as not important, at least for like a first version or something like that. Um, but then sort of one of the things that the panel got me thinking about was just sort of how empowering it is when an app is accessible. Um, and it's interesting because as technology has, I don't know, things have moved pretty fast over the last 10 years. It's great. And like things have, you know, this technology has rushed into the hands of so many people and it's been quote unquote accessible for so many people. But then now as the technology starts to mature, we sort of get to the point of, well, how can we improve things further? And one of those ways is by expanding the reach of technology and who mm-hmm. can benefit from mm-hmm. cool hardware, software, tools, all of that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. so like that's a, a way that I've been thinking about it, which is good. Um and I quite like the that the now there's a focus on, you know, sort of how can we maximize technology's impact. And of course the the I wanna be careful to 
not misuse business terms here in a way that makes me sound like really corporate but sort of like the rate at which you can uh, like increase your sort of market type of thing probably won't be as fast from here on out. But like one of the ways to do that is like accessibility, blah, blah, blah. And I don't, I, it's not from a business sense, but you know, just like that's the way that they talk about these things. Anyway, um, yeah, but that aside, yeah. I had like a moment when I was thinking about this and like I am obviously fortunate in that I don't really have accessibility needs and uh, and most of the obvious ones on a phone are um, things like larger text or the ability to read the screen or to interact with it via voice. Like my sight and hearing and touch abilities are all like good where they need to be. Um, but I was thinking about this from something that is a little bit closer to home and that would be... Um, accessibility in terms of health things so i was mm-hmm. um so there was a the, the dexcom obviously i've spoken about it a lot and the ability uh for me to now or for the last 20 or so months to have real-time access to blood glucose information has been really uh transformative and has meant a lot of lifestyle changes can happen like in general my blood sugar is better controlled but also it means not having to worry as much about my blood sugar because i'm always sort of knowledgeable about where it is so i can Mm -hmm. check um not having to carry a blood glucose monitor when i go out not having to worry about extra supplies all those kind of things and recently, well, semi-recently, it was a few months ago now, Dexcom ran an advertisement. And of course, company advertising their product, like an ad is, of course, meant to make you feel good about the product. But there was an, a Dexcom ad which really hit home in where it interviewed a, um, a teenage girl and it was basically talking to her, talking to her parents about the difference in their life that the Dexcom made and sort of how it made the world more accessible. And now I don't mm-hmm. think they used the word accessible in this um, in this advertisement, but that was the gist of it. It's like, well, now I can go out with my friends and my parents know my blood sugar because this girl is obviously still at an age where her parents manage her blood sugar as well as she does. Um, and, you know, I can go out and not have to worry about these things or her pa- she can go out and her parents don't have to worry. You can actually share uh, the information from the monitor with other people? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, your pa- your parents or anyone that you wanted to be able to see your okay. blood sugar could. And they can also get al- alerts in real time mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if they so desired. Um, so they can, you know, if you saw that somebody's blood sugar was dropping pretty fast, you could call them and just check that they're okay and that they'd had some sugar or whatever it is. Um, mm. So you can do things like that. Anyway, that ad really hit home and like kind of made me feel like this is a this is a very important product and it's important for many reasons but just making the world more accessible to somebody with diabetes is it's a huge impact in the life of somebody with diabetes. Now, of course, something like diabetes isn't as uh isn't as much of a hindrance in life as other um say physical issues are i know that i understand that but the thing is diabetes is something which i personally think about a lot like more or less all day every day just because i have to and something i have to manage so anyway but it's also it just came like not not through like the the iphone consumer tech uh thing but because of technology it's something that is not as impactful like not Mm -hmm. not too many years ago before we had a lot of the tech that you're using daily uh, that would have been very, very different of a of a life you would have to live. So, I mean, despite it not being an iPhone-driven improvement, in general, tech still had a big impact on on the quality of life here too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so that was sort of my moment of like, hey, this isn't accessibility in the traditional sense that we think about it when we're designing websites and mobile apps and all of that kind of thing. But due to something like the Dexcom, I personally and many others feel like life is more accessible as a person with type 1 diabetes. You know, we can go for long walks and not worry about knowing or not knowing whether our blood sugar is dropping too fast. We can go out without having to carry... Uh, a blood glucose monitor which can be quite big and doesn't really fit in a pocket and I feel even more sorry for girls with diabetes because it's like just there's nowhere to put the thing um so it's just like cause, you know guys tend to have pockets mm-hmm. but anyway mm-hmm. um <laughs> which is a whole so yeah. a whole bunch of different issues that we can talk about at yes. some point because yes. what the heck it's <laughs> yeah exactly um so it's just anyway things like that that, that kind of hit home and I was like This is important. Anyway, so then I'm like, this must be how it feels to, uh, and and maybe it's not the same, but this is sort of as close as I've gotten in terms of a personal comparison. This must be how it feels to be able to unlock an iPhone, read the text that's on the screen, um, interact with things, send send messages to people when you're somebody who either can't see the screen or can't hear what's happening or can't read the text when it's particularly small. And so like those little, you know, those small wins day to day, making life easier, um, having technology that helps in some way, you know, even something like being able to order a, a cab or an Uber or something like that when you're otherwise maybe unable to call up and order one or would otherwise not know where to wait for a cab or something like that. You know, just little things that can make your life easier if you're somebody that struggles with something or that has a handicap of some sort. And again, I'm not comparing diabetes to like being blind, for example, because obviously I know which one I'd rather take. But like, it's just a way that in my mind I could loosely go, oh, well, I really understand how much of an impact um, accessible technology can have. And um, yeah, this is like, I can only imagine how how happy and how freeing it is to be able to do certain things that we all take for granted every day as people who can use our phones and, you know, use apps with hard coded text sizes and things like that. Mm. Um, and it must be, it must be a pretty empowering experience to be somebody who couldn't do these things very easily if there weren't accessibility features in apps only to have an app update or to start using a new app that supports all the features you need for accessibility from day one. Mm-hmm. And so that was my like moment. And I don't know, maybe it's silly, but that was my like realization. Anyway, now I've decided, oh, now I'm trying to like, like put a little bit more effort into or put more mm-hmm. effort into accessibility in the apps I'm working on at work. Like even simple things like some, like I'll be honest, we don't design with accessibility in mind and that's not great. But like even little things that I can do, like labeling button images Mm -hmm. at work, um, adding accessibility labels to things, just small things like that. And I know that it's it's only a start. It's not a huge, um, it's not like the app has been designed with accessibility from day one, which is a shame. But anyway, um, but yeah, I'm just trying to do little things like that where I can to slowly improve the accessibility of the app Mm -hmm. and um, definitely like personal projects also focusing on that and just, yeah, trying to think about that from the perspective of how, how empowering it must be to be able to use this stuff. Um, uh, if you, if you need the accessibility mm-hmm. features, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I understand why you want to like excuse that this is very different 
type of accessibility from um, if you have a if you have some type of physical uh, physical disability or visual impairment or anything like that. It can be very you have different type of frustrations, but I do think I do agree with you. Like having diabetes and no realizing how much technology can help you can really I can imagine that helping you understand other type of things that technology in general can help people for. Um, and I think that's where accessibility comes in because I think it has been hard in the past. I think technology is something that can really empower people to be more uh, independent and to be able to to do things in a different way from what you can do without technology. So for example, if you were used to rely on reading things, um, you might be able to have a screen reader or something like that. And that's something pen and paper couldn't provide, but you can easily get that from uh, from a phone. And I think I have heard stories where people felt a lot more independent when they were able to have like a news app where they could read the news themselves or um, if they if they can uh, get some benefits from technology. No, but this is something that we've seen from from Apple as well. And I really like how they put the focus on this. And it, like even Google, I think Google has... It, even Google? No, but Android have, has been a bit behind in accessibility. And it feels like they seem to really move their focus onto that. Even They even go so far to help people who are uh, illiteral to be able to actually interact with the world in a different way that would normally re- require you to be able to read something. Um, so I think... It, it is really great. And I think there are so many apps that like, I think it's unfortunate that people don't really focus on this when it comes to app development. It feels like people are very much, at least like the companies that I came in touch with, um, I, I definitely have some, some comp- I worked with one company in particular that really, really cared about the accessibility and they really wanted to be accessibility, like have, have as much accessibility as they could. And we put so much focus on that. And that made me realize that there are certain things, like there are easy things that you as a developer can add and that I think we should be pushing for. So if you, I think it's very helpful if you, as like if USAC actually know about the things that are available in iOS and then next time something comes up and you need to design something then you will be aware of like the trade-offs uh, of not making an app accessibility but you will also be aware of the tools that you can use to make it accessible but also realistically Apple does so much stuff to make ex- supporting for a lot of the accessibility features easy that it's often if you just follow um framework best practices you get more for free than you might think and then mm-hmm. with very little effort on top of that you can get get to something very very useful and usable for people who might need it like dynamic type right dynamic type is relatively easy now to support or using a lot of ui kit components rather than doing something like you know like a using just a tab bar rather than doing a custom tab bar those kind of things should be things that might probably should be avoided in the first place anyways but if you then do that you get so many things already for free from apple or if you use a collection view or table view like there are already so many ways of interacting with that with the screen reader and those kind of things where i think it's people might not know like i would encourage everyone to just try those like try to navigate your phone with voiceover try yeah, to do yeah. that to get an like idea just turn of voiceover how much on and try to try to use it that's right see. yeah just to see how much like just small things like you said the accessibility labels how much those kind of small things to explain what that button does rather than just saying button one but actually say what this button does with a random image on can go such a long way from making your ui 
unusable to making it very good because you used a lot of your IQ components and now you just label the things that used to be just images that you, that you didn't have this uh, in with description attached to them so i think there's there's also just that where it's like often overestimated how much time it takes to make something at least usable maybe not perfect in all, all regards but usable and i think that's a good first part to get into and then you can as you say like kind of chip away and make things nicer as you see fit or even as you get feedback you know maybe it's also things you don't think about that someone who's using your app might think about and then then you can kind of iterate on top of that but getting through a baseline i think is a really surprisingly easy and surprisingly useful thing to do and i also think like it, it's not it's it just starts with that fact like a, a great start is to just turn on larger fonts it's the same as like if you would if you would make an app you would test it I really hope people would test it on different device sizes. And now when dark mode is out, people will try their apps in dark mode to see at least like what it looks like. And I think you should do the same with larger fonts. You should check how accessible is this app? What happens if we don't support this? Just be aware of of, of like how your app sits when it comes to accessibility. I'm surprised that it's then not you will a bigger know. part of app review. Yeah, yeah, because I've seen some apps that scale the font maybe but it might not scale certain ui elements so the font might get clipped if the font is the the ui might get clipped if the font is being scaled up those are like those are actual problems and i think being being aware of those problems and then knowing how to then then like you you can prioritize them better it's always good to have more knowledge and to know how your app is interacting in those different modes and i think especially something like larger fonts is something that we should definitely focus on to help people who really need it. Um, but there, there are also people who just have larger fonts turned on for, for convenience. We watched uh, a talk quite recently, Kai and I, uh, in, at a meetup here in Vancouver. And, or age. Yeah, exactly. And he was talking about that once your eyes are aging, you will see a bit worse. That's why many people get reading glasses. And that's why many people have to like hold their phone further away from their, from their face. And I think, those people, like like uh, my parents, like Kai's parents, they tend to scale up their fonts when they when they are using their phones. And I think um, I think most of us will will need this in the future. So why not pay more attention to it and help people today? Yeah, I think that's an important thing to understand that accessibility isn't necessarily something you will need when you're born and then for the rest of your but life even, it could even also if, be something even that... if i mean I, i'm not saying that just because there are people there <laughs> even if that would only be the case you should account for those people and you should be aware of what you absolutely yeah, but realistically like for those people. that's not not but reality right no, reality no, means no. most most humans with eyes yeah. will need larger fonts at some point yeah. as they age yeah and i think that's a great selling point i think Many developers might struggle convincing other people in the company that you should focus on this. But a great argument is that like, many people need many people actually need this eventually. So if it's like yeah, definitely, yeah. and and if you don't need it now, you'll need it at some point, most likely. Yeah, it's going to apply to most people. So yeah, I don't know. It was just my moment of I, I you know uh, technology and being able to do things has measurably benefited and and hmm. made changes in my life like i you know i imagine that that's sort of similar for when technology enables other people to do things as well and that was my like well this is super important um yeah and it would be you know 
like the more people that can feel like that about technology and feel like it's empowering and feel like it's a friend and that they can do things that they couldn't otherwise have done. That's a good thing. And I think that's why we all build software. You know, we want to build nice things and things that people enjoy using. And um, if, if more people are able to use the software and benefit from it, then that's a win all around, I think. But it's just in general, right? The reason technology exists is because it helps us getting things that we want to do done. And accessibility just increases the pool of people who have access to that power. And I think ma ma many technologies, like a phone, was a way for us, for everyone to get better ac access to information. And I think it is already making um, people who like n might not necessarily need special um, accessibility support, like people like like me. I, I like I feel like I get a huge benefit from using technology every day and i think why wouldn't we like as developers advocate for pushing this for everyone to be able to use i think i think it's it's strange that you wouldn't i think many people don't know that those frameworks are available either and especially if you're if if you're a person who might not need those things i think it is just very important to start to be aware of those things and i think developers are the best people to be able to push this because we, we we know the implications of implementing it we know how you should implement it and we can advocate for it and i think like to summon it, summarize it i think it just makes sense for everyone who is able to have an impact on making like technology more accessible for for the world should advocate for those things and i know it's not it's not that easy like i know no there are certain limitations certain people might prefer finishing a feature it might just not be an app that they think work work as easily to become accessible like you might have a lot of custom ui you might have a uh, have a game that is not really as easy in something like voiceover but i think it's still good to be aware of the things that you can do and the things that you potentially can't do or the things that you would have to work a bit more on so that you so that you know where you can do things and then um one thing that i really like is that like if you get if you use accessibility labels you can also use those for your ui tests um so there yeah, you can you should fun. always look at like what is available and how hard it is to get, do that and then like push for using that as soon as you can because it's the same with like color assets it's so easy to forget to use color assets and you just put all your code all your colors right in the code rather than using an asset catalog but you do get a lot of benefits from doing it and it doesn't take that much more time to move your colors into a color asset catalog as you as you keep on adding more colors to your app and i think you should see the same for like accessibility labels if you are adding text to an app anyways, you will hopefully know what that label is meant to do and what that label is meant to describe. So if you're able to add an accessibility label to that, that can be a huge win for someone who needs it. And it doesn't require that much more work for, for you as a developer at the point. Yeah, and you're right. It's almost like you're rewarded for doing those things correctly. Like you said, with UI tests and accessibility labels, and then also colors and asset catalogs, it would make the transition to dark mode a whole lot easier if you'd already been doing those things in asset catalogs and yeah it's like a, it's like a whole thing that links in so it's yeah it's good and also the whole um if you're using system colors as well now you get different the the colors change as well depending on the device accessibility settings which is mm. really cool um so using things like the system 
blue or system red colors, those kind of things. If the person uh, has enhanced contrast, I mm-hmm. think is the setting. Um, the colors are, again, slightly different to what they would be in a normal light and dark mode. And that's a, a subtle benefit that you get um, out of out of using them. So there's lots of cool things happening in the space of accessibility. And yeah, I think it's important and we as developers should push for it. Cool. All right. So that brings us to our things of the week that we'll actually do this. How does that bring us there? How is this a segue? Time. Time brings us there. (laughs) Limitations. So, and considering that... Did you have a follow-up on this guy? Yeah, I get there. Okay, I'm sorry. sorry. Come down, come down. Time is that essence. Yeah, that's why I'm getting there. If you wouldn't interrupt me. Oh, I'm All right. sorry. So, Zach, what are you liking? Okay, my pick this week. Well, we kind of started the episode talking a bit about credit cards and my dislike of them. So, my pick this week is actually a debit card. Okay. Um, I also did say don't get too attached to your banks and your, your cards. But um, UpBank, they're a, I think they're called like a neobank. You know, the, the modern kind of banks that start are starting around the world as, as banking regulations are a bit more relaxed. Um, they are based in Melbourne, so they're Australian bank, and they're pretty cool. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about how they have a very good app and also how they have a pretty cool card. So at the moment, they only offer a debit product, um, but you get a very nice looking uh, debit card, plastic debit card, not titanium, so it doesn't discolor, it doesn't do anything weird. <sighs> um, but What's the point? The um the cool thing about the the physical card is it's a really nice shade of like almost salmon like it's it's an orangey pink i think the the brand colors are sort of meant to be orange but the actual the debit card itself is um a little bit pinky which is quite nice um and it doesn't have any numbers on the front it's not like your typical credit card where it's got the numbers like indented on it does have them printed on the back of the card but there's nothing uh, printed onto the front so it's the card it, it's a little bit slimmer than your typical card um, and also is feels a little bit lighter I did weigh it it's actually the same weight but there's something about not having the um, the numbers imprinted on the front which I guess throws the weight off anyway it's interesting but it's cool um, but yeah they have a really good app I, unfortunately it is a react native app but they do a bunch of um, cool things that encourage saving as well like if you impulsively pull to refresh on your balance um, on the main page of the app, you can optionally have that then round up to the nearest dollar. So if you've got like, I don't know, $20 and 30 cents in your account, it will throw that 30 cents into a savings account. And if you have like a whole number, if you've got like 20 bucks, it'll round that down to 19, like and take a dollar and put in your savings. So you're kind of punished, but also kind of rewarded for like impulsively pulling to refresh, which is kind of cool. Um, But they're big, they're big sell. Oh, this feels like, what if I just want to pull to refresh? Um, well, it, the idea is that the app is always up to date every time you open it and all that kind of stuff. Do you know that um, as a user? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you have to turn this option on. Like, oh, they're okay. pretty good at informing okay. you okay, good. Um, how it works. So it's not like a super big surprise or anything, but mm. it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um, it's just a good way to say they do a cool, like, bunch of cool things with roundups. Like, I think a lot of modern banks do roundups and things like that. Again, encourage saving. It's pretty nice. Um uh, but the the big thing with Up is their categorization of spending. So the idea is it's meant to be sort of a smart um, insight into mm-hmm. your spending habits. So if you set up all of your recurring payments, you've got a nice tab in the app that 
talks about your or that mentions your upcoming payments and it tells you how much you can expect to spend in recurring payments over the next month. It gives you a nice little uh, list of all the the dates that said payments are due and how much they'll be. Cool. Um, if you hit on them, you can see the history. It's pretty cool. Um, and then also when you spend at seemingly unknown places, like they're really good about categorizing that transaction. If they don't have data for it, you can manually say, oh, this was a food and drinks place or this was a concert hall or whatever it might be and they're good with like logos for companies and things where you're spending money um so it's all it's all pretty cool um and then of course like you can look at uh say an overview of a particular month you can see how much you spent how much you saved how much you put into roundups where you spent so you sort of breaks it down into categories of you know like home car transport personal good life uncategorized those kind of things you can see where you spent um, so I can see I've spent uh, $70 in Sydney, New South Wales this month across six transactions. It's been kind of useful. Um, yeah, so just little things like that. They're pretty good. Um, rolling out new features all the time. I think they added BPay support for paying bills this week. Um, so they're pretty active on the up updates. And yeah, I've been enjoying using them as my like sort of everyday banking account for quite a while. And they support all the modern things like Apple Pay, Google Pay, all those things. And you only spend things. $70 um, on your everyday... I want to have your life. No, that was in the CB. <laughs> that's in the CBD itself. Yeah, okay. So that's like that's all just like food and drinks of things in the city. Hmm. Um, but like it breaks it down. Sorry, when I say sorry, when I say Sydney, I did mean the CBD. Like I've got a bunch of other transactions, like different suburbs and things like that. CBD as in Central Bank Street District, which is basically inner city. Yes, sorry, the the yeah the inner inner like city downtown. of Sydney. Like yeah. I, I can see it by suburb, like. I've got a different location for the one, like my home suburb, my work suburb, uh, Surrey Hills. Apparently I'm hipster. Uh, and also Haymarket, which would be around uni. So they're like my top spending locations um, that I can see. But yeah, the CBD was only $70. Oh, I don't know if that's only. That's Anyway, point is, um, yeah, you can sort of see things based on location. So if, like if you took a trip, uh, so like next month when I go to Melbourne, I'll be able to see like, oh, uh, I spent, I don't know, X hundred of dollars in Melbourne and... So cool. breaking it down by location is a nice way to think about things. That makes sense. So yeah, long way to say cool debit card and cool bank. Cool. Um, no, I'm just laughing because I saw what Kai's picking is here. I don't know what it is. It sounds a bit weird. Um, but I might go next. Shall mm-hmm. I? Um, so I picked... Okay, originally I wanted to pick a to-go coffee cup, which is the clean canteen and insulated... Um, what is this going Bottle. to be? A double pick? No, I wanted to pick that because I really like this uh, clean canteen bottle. It's basically a way for you. It's but... like it's like a coffee cup, and um, then you can have like a own like sip top, so it's a lot easier to drink a coffee out of it. But it's actually like a thermos, so it keeps things warm for like I think it's something like five to eight hours, and also keeps keeps things cold. And it's it's really really good this insulated bottle, but. Then I looked at the website and they don't seem to sell this model of the coffee cup anymore, which I'm very disappointed by. They still sell some type of insulated bottles, uh, but I can't really say that like I haven't used those. So I'm just going to say Clean Canteen in general, because I do have a lot of water bottles from them. And Clean Canteen is like a really, really nice company. It has really nice, durable water bottles um they're made out of metal so they're a bit heavier but i really like having it on my desk because it's a bit sturdy um and it's also um less plasticky which is always good and i feel like 
the latest model uh, of the of the water bottles that are not insulated are also really really good. They come in different colors, and usually they tend to the old ones tend to like flake off very easily. But I had this one for one and a half years, and I keep on putting it in the dishwasher, which I don't think I should. Um, and I keep on hitting it into things, which I also shouldn't do. But it still has all its color preserved, and it looks really really nice. And yeah, it looks like new. Yeah, it looks like new, and. In general, I think I would like to encourage people to carry water bottles with them. I think I tend to drink so much more water when I actually carry a bottle with me. Um, and it's very convenient. And it's great if you are sitting down working at the desk with a computer next to you. Because if it falls over, you're not going to spill water on your computer. It's amazing. Um, so I'm a pro pro water, water bottle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're on team water bottle. I'm on team water bottle. Yeah. So I would really recommend this particular one. It also has a really nice, um, like the 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 part where you can drink is also really nice. Uh, very. Um, they sh- they're supposedly really leak proof. Um, I do think I have something going on with one of my lids, but in general they're really really good and don't leak. So oh. that's good. Mm. Mm. All right. So mine is both a pig and a follow-up. <laughs> so after, I don't know when, we we, we spoke about f- um, Tower a few times uh, on a podcast. Yeah, the Git client. Git client yeah. with the graphical user interface. Um, but Tower is, is a bit pricey. So someone asked me uh, what, what I would recommend for people who just get started or are hmm. not willing to, to pay that much for something that doesn't make them any money uh, yet or ever. Um, and there are a few, few of them. I used to recommend the official Git client uh, the, from, from uh, GitHub. GitHub yeah. The GitHub Git, the GitHub Git client. Um, I don't really like it's the called... new version as much anymore um, as I did the old one. It, it's also an Electron thing now. It used to be a native app. Um, so I ran into Fork. Uh, fork.dev is the, uh, is the domain. And it's a really, really... Uh, nice native git client um it is it looks nice <laughs> it's literally a fork <laughs> it's literally a fork. The, the, the logo is a fork that's yeah. funny uh it it looks nice it it kind of behaves like you would expect from a native mac client it has um all the nice things you would expect it kind of has uh, github notification support merge conflicts it has like a um uh like a conflict resolution um um, view um, it has a rebase interactive rebase image divs um, just overall a really 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 nice solid um, it looks really nice it actually reminds me of client. the it really reminds me of the um, tower interface hmm. I mean it, it it's different it feels different but it's okay. it's as a free one and it's, it's free yeah it's, it's a Why? really really good free option I don't and, I'm always suspicious when people <laughs> make things free and uh, they also have a, a Windows uh, app that looks very similar to the Mac app and it's kind of funny it's actually a um, software development uh, uh, family there it's a married couple mm. and he makes the Mac app and she makes the Windows app so I thought that's also kind of cute mm. Um, that they're working on on those native apps, and both of them are written with native uh, platform relevant uh, technologies, so they all feel the Windows one looks like it would feel at home on Windows, mm. and the Mac one looks like or does. I, I tried that one, feels home on the Mac. So yeah, really nice uh, recommendation for 
for people that want to use really a nice. nice Mac native uh, Git client. Is there and a way to get, give them money? I don't know if there's a way of giving them money. Um, if people find to give them money, give them money because it's a nice Git client. Hmm. That's very nice. Yeah. So it's a follow-up slash uh, uh, pick. Hmm. Yeah, your pick is much better than mine. Well, yours saves the world. <laughs> mine helps with merch conflicts. Um, no, well, but, isn't that saving the world in itself? Yeah, arguably. Yeah, but nice. Nice app. I, I like. It's nice in the app. But yeah, if, if someone finds a way of giving them money, let me know. I'd also like to give them money somehow. Hmm. Cool. All right. That's really nice. That's all the time we have for this double recording episode situation we force ourselves into. And good luck at DevWorld, where you are at the moment. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. All chat right. with you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, hopefully chat about the Apple September event. Yeah. Mm, exciting. Yeah. Mm. Services or- and iPhones. It'll be super exciting. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking forward to see who won the draft. Yeah, I mean, in general, I, I'm I'm very excited about Apple Apple uh, keynotes still. Yeah. Mm. Cool. All right. Are you gonna watch live, Zach? Um, maybe I'll probably have to work that day. Are you so gonna watch live we'll at work? Oh no, because it's well, not at three a.m. No, no. Um, I mean, the alternative is to like go into the office at like seven a.m. and watch it. Um, but that relies on the stream being up though. I don't know. I would like to watch it live, but if it's going to, yeah, if it's going to mess up things too much, we'll see. I don't know. I'll decide later. Worth it. But I presume you'll both be watching live. Yes. Yeah. We can make cool. it a yep. FaceTime, uh, live viewing event if you want. We could. I'll, um, I'll, well, if I'm getting up, yeah, sure. But if not, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> if not, that would just be weird. Yeah. Otherwise we don't <laughs> want to see you sleeping for an yeah. hour. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. All right, so, all talk right. to you later then. See you. Bye. Bye-bye.